Matt could just speak up a little bit. I'll try. I know, but it's, I've, I've turned up the highest it goes, but I suppose once you have a few beers, well, you get louder. Definitely do. <laughs> when you said it was going to be a long one, I was like, oh god. <laughs> no, it's good though, because not everyone gives me the whole moments, whereas you give me a lot. You give me like three for each. Some mean. of them I really couldn't think of any. I did actually struggle. Becky Blakesley, thanks for coming on. I've not seen you in about five years though. Oh no. Never mind the podcast, let's have a catch up. <laughs> what have you been up to? Gosh, it's well, it's nice to be here. Thanks for, thanks for having me. You're the first female guest. I, know. I am on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well we know each other from school. Do you remember what nickname you gave me in year seven? Was it like Cool Dude or something? That's exactly what yeah, it was. I thought it was. <laughs> I don't even know why. Do you know why? Did it? Was there a reason? Maybe I was just a Cool Dude back then. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> no, yeah, it was Cool Dude, but it's not really a nickname I can carry on into later life. You know, I am all, but my friends call me Cool, cool Dude. dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. know what you mean. <laughs> Did you enjoy school? Um. It was alright, but I didn't love it. I wouldn't rush to go back and do it again. Well, what didn't you love about it? Well, it's just all the usual stuff in it. Just like, it's not it's not particularly enjoyable <laughs> learning. Um, but no, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I didn't have like loads of mates and I don't know. I just didn't love it all the time. That's fair enough. I didn't love like double science in Miss Keynes. <laughs> I didn't love that. No. I just love like the yard and you know messing about at breaking yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, all the bits like in between. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't like the learning bit at all. But after we left school, your group of mates and my group of mates, we used to like go to town together all the time. Do you remember That's that? It. We weren't like that close in school, but then it came like afterwards, didn't it? And we used to like go out. Yeah, because do you still speak to your mates from school? Anyone? Yeah, still see. Well, literally been out like this weekend, just gone with some other girls, like catching up. Obviously now, like the pubs have opened and beer garden, but um, we do stay in touch. Not everyone, but some people. Um, I, I think our years mad. Like there's so many people are still in touch with each other compared to other years or other people you hear about. Dead good. It's, I think it's a really good thing, isn't it? Yeah. And then even if like loads of times pass, like with us, like with me and like the lads, will be ages, and then we'll all meet up and go out, and then it's like. None of that time's actually passed, in it? Exactly. Like it just carries on as, as normal. I look a bit rough today. I'm glad it's a podcast and not a video. As you can see, I'm uh, pretty fine. <laughs> <laughs> People keep saying to me you should film it, but I don't know that technical. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Becky Blakes, I want your opinion on the following news story. Hopes for revival of Chernobyl site 35 years on from nuclear disaster. What? So, you're aware of the Chernobyl incident? Yeah. So, have you seen the series? No, I've not. Have you not? No. Oh, it's well good. No, I, I'm like, I'm not the best with like, what everyone watches. It takes me a while to get onto things that everyone else watches. You know, like all the big stuff, like... So, you've not... Watched, no, I've not watched that. You've not watched Game of Thrones no, or anything like that? No, I'm one of them people. Oh, you're so in there. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's not intentional. It's more... When there's loads as well and I think, oh, I can't be arse catching up on it all sometimes. But there are some things that I'll watch. Well, yeah, I'd recommend that Chernobyl. It's only like a six-parter. It just explains what happened, basically. Oh, that's all right. I thought there was loads of them. That's not too bad. No, I can no, give that a go. Yeah, you could do that in a week. Would you live there? Would I live there? In Ukraine. Oh, is that what it means? Like, they're trying to live there? Like, yeah, they're trying society, to start right? society again. Would I live there? No. Why not? No. Um. Well, why? Why would I? Well, me personally now, I wouldn't want to move 
over there. I would have no reason, but just like generally, would I would I live there given its kind of history and that? Probably no. If someone offered you a really nice house, like a mansion, yeah, with shit loads of money and everything, but they said, right, you've got a zero point zero one percent chance. There's a bit of radiation. You might grow an extra head. Would you take it? No. You want to take no, a chance? No. My head's big enough as it is. I don't need another one. Ask <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh Atkinson. He used to call me a uh, moonhead. Is it? I mean, yeah. Are you publicly calling Josh Atkinson a bullhead? Not, not in like a nasty way. It was. It was kind of like friendly. We weren't. We, we were mates. That was just like a nickname, but <laughs> it was head related. Well, he listens. A few of them were, to be honest, that I got. <laughs> I can't think of any more, but they were definitely like, yeah. He listens to this, Josh, so we'll, he'll be mortified, I'm sure. No, it's a funny jokey way. It was never offensive. Would you visit Chernobyl as a tourist, though? Because um, you can go and sort of see it. I wouldn't say never, but it also like wouldn't be top of my list. No. Mm. Preferred New York. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. That was never top of my list, to be honest. I was, I was like, oh, not forced into it, but Liam talked me into it. I wasn't like, oh yeah, let's go. That's where I want to go straight away. But we ended up going, and I really loved it. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Because <laughs> you said uh, it was one of your happiest places. So if there was a worldwide nuclear fallout, right? right? But you survived. Do you reckon you could cope? Do you reckon you could survive with it? Oh. Physically, probably not, because I'm pretty weak and like pathetic, and I just think some of like, I won't, I won't be great. You won't want me on your team for anything, do you know what I mean, in one of those kind of situations. Well, well what about mentally? So say the radiation's knocked everybody out, but you're, like, immune to it. But just just me, literally well, just me. There might be a couple of us knocking about, you know. Right. They might have two heads, but you've still got your one. <laughs> do you reckon you'd, you know, you'd get by? Maybe for a bit, but I don't think I would have... I would have high chances of lasting very long. Yeah, it gets, it's probably the same like with COVID. You get to a point where you think, I'm bored of this now. Yeah. Sick of this radiation. I can tell it's not something you think about every day, Becca. No, it's really not. You throw me. I didn't know what I was expecting, but I definitely weren't expecting that. Yeah, I know. I wanted to go on with a different question, but <laughs> I did this yesterday and the other, all the other news tours were pretty shit. It's all about Boris Johnson. I didn't want to talk about him. Oh, no. Well, you've given me a lot of moments, which is good, so we'll get straight into them. Embarrassed moment number one, getting cheated on when you were younger and pretty much everyone knowing about it but you. Yeah, this was like a pathetic, embarrassing one rather than like a funny one. <laughs> nah, this, that's horrible, that. Was this in high school? Yeah, it, well, I think I think it was about year 11, yeah. like, But he, like, not even names, was like year above, so it might not be anyone that you would remember. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just not a nice feeling. I mean, it was years ago, thankfully. It's not something that I'm still like dead caught up about now. I just remember it was just. I think it was obviously finding out because that's not a nice thing for to happen to anyone, is it? But then for everyone to know. But it was like weeks and weeks and weeks of everyone else knowing virtually, but myself, and then finding out, and that that just just made it even worse. Do you know what I mean? So that was just like mortifying. But yeah, thankfully not really had anything as bad as that since, which is probably good. Uh, yeah, well, how long were you together? Um, oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Um, it was a it was a bit. It was, like, quite... Well, I don't know. You always think it's serious back then, but then you look back and you think, I was 15, 16, it wasn't really that serious, was it? Longer than a year, though, together? Um, I think we probably were, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just not... 
How did you find out that he was cheating on you? I think one of my, I think there was like one of my mates who didn't know because it was kind of like at a, at a party that I'd gone home from. But everybody else there did and then she eventually found out and like told me straight away. But we were all out together and I just kind of remember going over and like just screaming. Did you? <laughs> like at him. So you found and out? Just kind of running off. I don't remember all the like details. I don't remember where we were or like anything like that. But yeah, I just remember that moment and just being like raging. But then getting back and just thinking like, oh God, that's my life I am. Okay, so he's, he's cheated on you at this party. Yeah. And you were at the party, you've gone home and then found out that same night that your no, mates I, told you. I didn't find out that night. Like that, it happened that night and virtually everyone there knew obviously because it was going on in the house and whatnot but I found out a f- quite a few weeks later like just by chance because one of my close mates I think found out um but yeah I don't because it was so long ago as well I don't remember all the details but I just remember that moment of just being like so embarrassed one because it, it had happened and it was upsetting but then because everyone seemed to know about it and you just think, oh God, I've been around all of you for weeks and no one said anything, that was just... Did you like, confront anybody, like some people you knew, like why didn't you tell me? I don't think I did, I don't I don't think, I don't remember, I don't remember doing that, but yeah, I, I might have done, I'm not, I'm not sure. I have like the worst memory as well, to be honest. So how did you react when you found out that you said you were screaming? Yeah, I, I went, I remember, because I think we was out and like, out with him and kind of other people um, and I just remember yeah just like screaming but then like I think we were we were somewhere like local because I remember getting home and then like being obviously dead upset because you are aren't you when something like that happens regardless of how old you are but yeah it's just it's funny now really because it's just pathetic <laughs> no it's not it's horrible it's heartbreaking stuff like that to be cheated on at any age like you say it's, it's angry but I think I wouldn't say it's happened to everybody, but unfortunately it's happened to most people, hasn't it? Yeah. Have you ever spoken to this person since? I think I, I did afterwards. I definitely did afterwards. Um, but, like, in a kind of half-friendly-ish way. Um, but not for years now. Do you forgive him? Uh, oh, yeah, now I'm not. I'm not bothered. I've learned from that. It did, like, have an effect for quite a bit, but... I'm over all of that now, I don't, I'm not like, but I've also, you know, I'm not, not the nice, I've not been like the nicest person throughout all of my relationships, so it's not like me pointing the finger saying, oh, I was, you know what I mean, treated like this, but it just wasn't, it wasn't nice, I think it was much more the situation of everyone else knowing, I think, that was almost like, felt worse. So you were more embarrassed than hurt? Yeah. Well, being, so. being cheated, it's got to be one of the worst feelings someone goes through, um, but it's probably more embarrassing for the cheater. Because it really says more about them than you, don't yeah. it? Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too embarrassed about it, but I know what you mean. Embarrassed in moment number two is the story how you and Liam got yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. So, Liam's your current boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And how long have you been together? Um, I think it's about three years. It might be... No, it's probably a bit longer, actually, thinking about it. Um, it might be it might be getting on for four. Um, but, yeah, we... Met, met him through work and then we kind of got together and that's how we, you know what I mean, like met each other but yeah, that, that sort of night, I won't kind of share like 
<laughs> full details. No, we want full details. Embarrassing. But yeah, we'd been out, so I think it was, it was you know, that bongos bingo, if you've ever been to one of them nights. We were going to go, but it got cancelled, but because of COVID. It's good. Been, been a few times before, and we went, like, a few of us from, like, some of my close mates from work, him kind of being one of them, although we weren't, like, mega close mates. Um, went bongos bingo and then we kind of ended up back at one of my mates flat and he'd gone to bed me and Liam were staying over um, and then like that was we just just sort of mates at that one at that point but kind of you know ended up sort of like getting friendly and that was the first time we'd sort of got together and then didn't realize really that my mate's flat has got like one of them cameras that you know like when they detect motion it takes a picture but starts like taking like live kind of snapshots if you like of kind of what's going on um, and alerts them via their phone and we didn't have a really clue that this was going on so we were just you know getting shagging on with everything <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, thinking we were on our own which we were but we were kind of on camera as well but my mate who we were in the flat with he's like one of my best mates um he's such a nice guy he he, he didn't realize at the time i don't think because i think he was asleep he was like in his bedroom but his flatmate who was like away on some sort of work trip was like awake or got woke up by these notifications because it was like quite early in the morning um and then she was like oh okay <laughs> so this is happening in my living room <laughs> and they were watching it live <laughs> well it was like they were getting kind of like photos it wasn't like a live video stream thankfully oh, but it was kind of just as bad because it's almost just like a slideshow of it do you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> that's mad and did they phone you up like well she the, the flatmate who was like getting the notifications from elsewhere a text the my other my actual mate um to say oh oh you know they're getting friendly in the living room and then we'd like woke up the next day and he just didn't say anything he didn't mention it didn't let on that he knew that anything had happened and we were just like going about our day thinking that we'd just done that kind of under the radar and then it was a couple of weeks later on a night out that we found out and i was just like Oh my god, I can't believe you didn't say anything to me. Like, you're such a good friend, but like, I can't believe you just kept that in. Like, I would have been like rubbing it in or laughing or, do you know, whatever, saying. <laughs> yeah, but I was going to bring you up over like breakfast or over a brew the next morning. Oh, well, yeah, no, that's true. But I just thought it was just funny. It was just such a funny moment. Did you think back and think um, <laughs> this flatmate was acting a bit weird the next morning, though? I don't remember because, as well, unfortunately, I'd lost my phone on that night out. So, kind of. When I realised and didn't have a clue where it was, we then got up kind of early, early doors to go and look for it. So I was a bit distracted by the fact that my phone had gone missing. So I didn't, I don't really remember how he was. He probably was a bit weird. But yeah, I just never said anything until like a week or so later. It was just hilarious. I remember just laughing my head off and going, oh my God, I can't believe that's happened. Were you not like, you need to delete that footage? They did. I think they, they did. Well, I know they did, but I, th I would imagine that they did it just like straight away. But it's just so funny to look back on now. You can laugh on it now, like laugh about it now, thankfully. But it was just a bit cringe. Well, it's one to tell the grandkids that way, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> You've given me two disgusted moments. Disgusted moment number one. Now, you didn't give me much to go on here. You just said Malia 2012, just horrible. Yeah. So, who were you in Malia with? So, I went with like most of the girls. So, like Robin and Kate, Charlotte, Alice, and like a few, a few others who were kind of like friends of friends. 
Um, but it just it just wasn't for me. I just did not enjoy it. I knew what it was going to be like. Do you know what I mean? Like first girls girls holiday and the fact that like those kind of places. Club eighteen thirty. Yeah, thing. I knew what it was going to be about, but I just don't think I realised just how horrible I would I would think it was when I was actually there, like experiencing it. So you would have been around eighteen at the time. I think so. Yeah, I think it was about eighteen. But it, what's probably worse and like why I said kind of disgusted, it wasn't like the whole holiday, don't get me wrong, we did have fun, but I just didn't enjoy the kind of going out. It was, you were just like getting grabbed all the time and it was just, it was not pleasant. And I, but I was with someone as well at that, at that time, so that just made it that little bit. You know when like you all go away for like a girl's or a lad's holiday and most people are kind of single but a couple aren't and sometimes it can just be a bit of a different dynamic can't yeah, it? Uh, yeah. and I was just like that made it a little bit more awkward so yeah it just it was just horrible I just didn't enjoy it and the girls will see it as well I think I cried quite a bit because I'm dead soft <laughs> yeah well you're gonna cry you got some seedy Mali's grease isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're gonna get some seedy Greek guys grabbing your ass yeah, and shit on it when you're dancing. Don't need that, do you? No, it was not not for me. I just couldn't couldn't handle it at all. I didn't know. I was just like, no, I don't like this. <laughs> so there was nothing in particular that happened in Mali that was so disgusting. Nothing in particular. It was just like that. It was the kind of just yeah, just just going out and it just not being, just not feeling like comfortable our feeling not necessarily unsafe because I knew we were all all right we were always together and all that but you just didn't feel like you could kind of enjoy yourself well I didn't anyway there wasn't like a, a kind of really horrific story or anything behind it it was just like the general holiday would you go back to Malia no 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 I won't lie Never again. It just just weren't for me, and it won't ever be. I've had other like holidays, like kind of like that, but to other places and enjoyed it. But I think I think I just I wasn't ready as well. I think it was just like I just wasn't kind of I don't know mature enough. Not mature enough, but just to be able to like handle it. I just I just wanted to like go. Home. Yeah, they say as well. They call it Club eighteen thirty. Eighteen year olds to thirty year olds. I mean, we're twenty twenty eight. I couldn't imagine. Going to, going to one of these places now, you know, like a strip with all these reps. Oh, I just, so it should be like club 18 to 19 or something because I, I could not be doing with that now. No, not at all. Feel proper old. I know, I do. We're almost 30, Becca. Mm, you so. go out for one night and it's like a three-day hangover. Like, I'm still, still feeling the effects of going out on Saturday night. I know, you wonder how you used to do it. I know, I really do. Disgusted moment number two. You went to Naples and watched the Napoli game, and yeah. after going to the toilet, you realised it was just a hole in the ground. Yeah, it was just horrible. So I was having like such a good time. It was like class kind of atmosphere, and so having a dead good day. Um, and then went to the toilet and was queuing up for quite a while. And then all the women kind of around me were all like getting the bags out and passing each other like loads of tissues and wipes, and I was just like, "What's going on here?" Um, and then when I got in, it was literally just a hole in the ground, and I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" So was this <laughs> what in the is actual, going on here? This was in the actual stadium. In the actual stadium, yeah. I was dead surprised. I thought they'd have like actual toilets. Napoli's a big club. You'd think they'd have better facilities. Yeah, like whether they actually had some, I don't know. I'd be surprised if they did. But it was just like the only way I can describe it is it was kind of like a sink, like just in the floor, and that was it. Thankfully, I had things like wipes and kind of tissue and stuff like that on me. But yeah, I was just like, 
fucking hell, what's going on here? <laughs> you don't <laughs> have answers. Was it a number one or number two? It was a number one, thankfully. <laughs> and you, did you go? <laughs> yeah, I had to. Just like squatted and. So it was busy, there was a lot of women around. Did you ask anyone, like, is this really the place we're supposed to piss and shit in this hole? No, I didn't ask anyone because I didn't, well, I didn't know if any, like, anyone spoke English. For one, because where we were and that, they were all Italians, they were all like locals and stuff. Speak the language in any way whatsoever, like I don't even know a word. So no, I didn't ask anyone anything. And they just look used to it, because it could have been their first time at a football game. I'm sure not every toilet like that is in Italy. No, I wouldn't have thought so, but I don't I don't know why. I've never really looked into it since, I just remember. But I've got a picture of it on my phone as well, I'll show you in a bit. We'll put it on I, Twitter again. I just remember, <laughs> I just remember, yeah, just being like, oh, alright, well. And was there a sink or anything to wash your hands? You said the toilet was the sink. I can't remember if there was a if there was a sink kind of outside. Like, don't get me wrong, this wasn't out in the open, there was like a cubicle, but it was just that in the middle. Um, but I had like I always have like sanitizer and stuff even before COVID. You know when you're going away and stuff like that. If you're going out, I'd usually have some on me. So thankfully it was like covered. But smart. I weren't like thinking that I wasn't expecting it in any way whatsoever. Well, you like your music, don't you? So you've been to a lot of festivals, haven't you? I've not actually been to many festivals. I've been to a lot of gigs, but been to a couple of festivals but not that many really and not always ones that you stay over at so do they actually count? Well the toilets are still hanging. Isn't that true? Very true. <laughs> like part life. Yeah. So I couldn't do that now I don't think. Part life. <laughs> I don't know. No, it, if it was a hot day you know it couldn't go in bad weather but nah, yeah. I think if it was a nice day there was good music on good bands. I'd, I'd like to sit on a field and have a drink and listen to it but it's full of muppets there, isn't it? Yeah. Scared moment number one. The arm through the window incident at a house party. Whose oh, party was it? It was, I don't know what it was for, but it was at Katie's. You know, remember when she lived off the height and that was just like... She was always having party parties, parties Kate, yeah. So it could have just been for anything, really. Because the quite the massive houses and there was like a porch and I think there was like a wooden door with obviously like glass in it. Um, but it wasn't like very thick glass and we were outside out the front like smoking I, I don't remember who exactly was there but there's definitely me and definitely Saul because <laughs> he was just like messing about like you know try to like shut me out um, and me and just went through the window and it was just like covered in glass there was like loads of my skin and that was hanging down and you can it was just not it was pretty hanging I was absolutely steaming so I didn't really feel anything it was more just like the shock of what's happened it didn't feel real my light wrist was just like open I'm doing that and it's not even that one it's that one I've still got the the scar as well and then yeah I just had to go hospital and got like 10 12 stitches and they sent me on my way so how old were you at the time I think it was about two I don't actually know I think it was it was ages ago we it weren't we weren't at school we might have been at college. Yeah, I think we were at college still, so it might have been like second year of college, whatever age we are then. Yeah, about 17, 18. Yeah, 17, 18. Was there loads of blood? There was quite a bit of blood, yeah. And like, obviously Katie's door was ruined as well. We were talking about it the other day because she said like, I thought you were going to die. <laughs> well, it's your wrist. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? Did the music stop and everything? Like, Was everyone worried? Um, what time of the night was it at? 
I genuinely don't remember. I don't. I don't think it was. It wasn't like a big shocker. It like people that were outside. Like I say, it was kind of out front. It wasn't like in the house and kind of around for everyone to see. That I think there was probably just a few people outside. But yeah, um, just just happened. But I ended up going hospital again. We were talking about it the other day, and all the girls were like, "You went to hospital on your own," and I was like, well, "I'm pretty sure that." I think it was quite early on. I don't think it was like early hours in the morning. I think it was like early in the night. And I kind of didn't want anyone's night to be ruined. I was just like... By your bleeding wrist. Because I was drunk and, and well, I was, you know, I'd had, I'd had something to drink and I just couldn't really feel it. And I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I just need to get it stitched up. It just, it didn't look great at all. Blood splurting out in everyone's faces. It's fine. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, again, funner now, but at the time I was just like, shit. Well, how did you get to the hospital? Got a taxi. I think whoever I was kind of going out with then met me, and met me there, so I wasn't entirely on my own. But I do remember throwing up whilst, like, waiting to be seen and kind of stitched up. And then there was a guy that looked like Victor Crumb out of Harry Potter that, like, stitched me up, and that made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> Well, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the same party that your uh, your ex was. No, no, cheated, no, was it? no, no, no. That was no. <laughs> that had been an unlucky night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did um, how did you stop the bleeding at the at the house? Did Saul administer first aid? I don't remember. I don't remember who did what. I, there was like I had some sort of like an old tea towel. Are you blaming them the bleeding? But are you blaming Saul for the incident? No, it definitely wouldn't aim. It just... I blame Saul. Yeah, it's alright, Saul's well. <laughs> so you've still got a scar? Yeah, I've got a scar there. Let's have a look. Not grey listed, but I want to see it. Can you see it? Even though I love it. Oh yeah. God, it's like a hook. Yeah, it is like a hook. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's deep, that though. Like, you've still got that as well. That must have been, must have been a bad hook. I'm lucky that it was there and not, you know what I mean, like somewhere else, but... It's funny now. I don't have any scars. Wish I did. There's always a story behind a scar, isn't there? Scared moment number two. You were responsible for a 15-year-old student and he went missing. So yeah. why were you responsible for him? So it was in one of my, what, uh, an old job um, where I used to like run kind of work experience and, and look after kind of students whilst they were working at co-op. Um, and you do like work experience in year 10 don't you so they were like 14, 15 um, but the schools that were doing it were not all local so they weren't all in Manchester some of them were from Leeds and other areas so the kids had to get on trains um, there to here and then I would kind of meet them and bring them over to the building which wasn't far but yeah one of them just didn't arrive with everyone else and I kind of spoke to his mum on the phone and she said oh yeah I put him on this train, he's not got his phone on him, but he should be there at whatever time. And then these trains just kept turning up and no one was getting up. Well, there wasn't like a student matching his description getting off. And I was just like, oh my God, I know it's not my fault, but I'm supposed to be meeting him here and, you know, I'm kind of responsible for him whilst he's on this placement and he's not even... So you're, you're waiting for him at the train station? At the train station, yeah. And everyone else, like in his sort of year that was doing it, had already turned up. They'd mostly got on the same train. And this I just, this lad was just nowhere to be seen. I had no way of kind of getting in touch with him on that day because I think his phone like wasn't working properly. And yeah, it was just scary. For like a couple of hours, I was talking to like the 
like the train staff, you know, that like are there in Victoria Station. And I remember there's this one young lad, I can't remember his name, but if I saw his face, if he still works there, I would recognise him. And I just remember crying on his shoulder and he gave me a big hug and he was like, it's going to be all right, we'll find him, we'll get a description out, we'll track him down. And he'd got on this train that looked, took forever. There's like one that goes around all around the houses and takes like, I don't know, up to like nearly two hours, I think, maybe a bit less to get there. But for whatever reason, I don't know if he'd got on got off and got on another one he'd not turned up till about lunchtime and then finally managed to well saw him because i was going to and from the station just trying to you know see if he turned up and then when i saw him i just like ran towards him i was like oh my god you're okay you're alive and you just met him at this point <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd met him once before when he interviewed him for the actual placement because they have to apply for it and stuff like that but yeah i was just like sheer joy and my heart was just like beating so fast just, relief yeah even though it was you know it was i was partly responsible for him at that time although it wasn't my fault that he'd not got on the right trade and was messing probably messing around that kind of caused it to you know caused him to relate but just the sheer terror because i'd spoken to his mum as well and she was kind of quite rightly, obviously, angry, scared and worried because we were both thinking the same thing. But she was kind of like, you know, this is on you. And I was just like, what she said to you? She didn't say that word for word, but, you know, she, in that, in the heat of the moment sort of thing, she kind of made it clear that, you know, it would be my fault if anything kind of happened or whatever, even though it wasn't. Hindsight and all that, we, we, we spoke at the end and she was fine and obviously he was okay and we had a bit of a chat. But it was just just terrifying to be yeah. in that situation. And I was quite young as well, really, um, when I started doing that job and kind of looking after that programme. So as well as that, I just felt a bit out of my depth anyway. And then I was like responsible for kids and one that went didn't go didn't go missing because he was on a train. He was just the wrong train. Thought, yeah, and we thought he was temperate, you know, missing. So did you have to make the phone scary. call to the mum and say like, look, he's not here. We don't know where your yeah. son is. Yeah. And it was, I think that was like the, the scariest moment really, having to, to kind of tell her that, you know, thankfully it was all okay and it, anything, nothing like that. We learned from that experience and kind of made sure that, because I mean, they were always told if you miss your train and you're not with your group, you don't get on the train and you make contact with someone and that just didn't happen. So we had to make sure that they did that going forward, but it was just terrifying. It really, really, really was. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Selfishly as well, what, I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? You, you, you fear the worst, don't you? Mm, definitely. But yeah, that was a scary moment. Yeah, not as, um, is this lad okay? I'm going to lose my job. No, it was that as well. <laughs> I know you mean. <laughs> what, did, what did he say when you when you found him? He, well, he didn't have a clue anything was going on. So Not he bothered. was just like, hey, I'm excited for work experience. And I'm just like, oh my God, I really had a heart attack. I really give your mum a heart attack. And I think I actually said, like, I could hug you right now. I really could because I'm just so happy to, to see you. But yeah, it was, it was a scary moment. And I think after that point, we learned to make sure that... Because it was the first day that um, the teachers came with them after that to make sure that they all knew where they were going and who they were meeting and no one went on their own and it always it takes unfortunate. it always takes something to go wrong before they put stuff like that in place yeah. doesn't it until they fix it yeah well your saddest moment was losing your nana when you were 15 
than your granddad at 19. Yeah. Now this part is usually the loss of a loved one, so I won't go into it too much or anything if you don't want to. But you said they were both sudden. Yeah, they were quite sudden. So I actually think the more I thought about it, and because I'm always shit with dates and maths now, can't do maths to save my life. I think I was 14 with with my nana. Um, There's never a nice age to, to go through that, is there? No. But my nana, my nana had cancer, but it was like a really kind of, whether she'd always had it for a while or not, we're not sure, I think. But it was quite quick in terms of the turn and the doubt, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The kind of how, how bad it got. And obviously from being so young, then that was like the first kind of close relative that I'd lost. So that's always a, quite a really raw experience, isn't it? Um, so that, that wasn't very nice. But then with my granddad, well, although I was a little bit older, that was really sudden in terms of like he went kind of into hospital with like something really minor. And then like a few weeks later, he passed away and it was just like, Jesus Christ, how has that happened? You know what I mean? It was just so, so sudden. Both horrible experiences. And that, yeah, definitely the, the saddest, I think, I've ever, I've ever been. Do you remember where you were when you found out each of them died? Like who told you? I remember, I don't remember, with, well, with Milana, I think we were all at the hospice, but not like the young grandkids and that were kind of sat outside. So it was like, what we've got a big family. I remember someone kind of came out and sort of told us, but we'd had that sort of chance to sort of say goodbye. We kind of knew it was coming, even though it had all happened so quickly. But then with my granddad, I didn't, I didn't sort of get to go and sort of see him and say that goodbye, which again was even more sad. But I think my dad told me, my dad t- told me that. But I don't, again, I don't remember all the details. I just remember obviously it being sad. Which did you find it harder to deal with? I'm thinking about your age at the time. Definitely, I mean, I know when I was younger, I think again, because it because of, of the age, because you are so young and you don't know, you never know how to deal with it anyway, do you? But you especially don't know how to process things at that age. Like I say, if it was your first loss as well. Yeah. You know, it's all new, isn't it? Definitely. And I think, I do remember just being really kind of down and sort of sad after that point for quite a bit. And yeah, it just wasn't wasn't nice, but it never is, is it? No, did you go through any stages of grief or did you try to numb it out in any way? I've probably definitely tried to numb it out over the years. Uh, maybe not necessarily at that time, immediately. Maybe kind of when I got a little bit older and started, well, I probably did start sort of drinking casually at that, around about 14, 15, and that's when you start to like go out with your mates and things like that. But I do kind of remember, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know specifics, but I'm sure, I'm sure I've definitely like tried to block things out and not deal with it in certain ways. I've definitely got angry about it before, <laughs> as my mum will probably testify, because I was, was a bit of a horror when I was probably around like 15, so not long after that. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't remember a lot of the details, to be honest. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I'll let you off. <laughs> well, let's talk about your proud moments, because one of which involves a grandparent. Mm-hmm. So, number one, now this is, this is mint this. Watching your granddad parachute out of a plane. Yeah. How fucking welcome. Was this the same granddad? Or same you? granddad, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it was my mum's my daddy. He was the coolest guy. He really, really was. And he never kind of looked or acted his age. And he was a really kind of fit and healthy guy, sort of up until, you know, near, near the end of his life. And he was just, 
he said he wanted to do it and it was for his 80th birthday as well. So he was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to raise money for charity because my nana had passed by then and that's like the same nana and granddad that I just spoke about. And he said, oh, I want to raise money for like the hospice they looked after her. So he, he raised loads of money. I can't remember how much, but he raised quite a, you know, quite a bit for, you know, a little old man. And he was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. It'll just be fun. And he did it. And I can't remember where exactly it was, but I just remember it being a really like sunny day. And like all my family on my mum's side all went out to kind of see him and like it was a long day because there was loads of other people doing it but then just getting to watch him like jump out of a plane um, with someone else I think because of his age he wasn't like allowed to just do it on his own. Yeah, but was it a bungee um, jump or a skydive? No, a skydive. I don't think you can skydive on your own. No, can you not? No, you need somebody else. I don't else. know, well there you go. That's, but that's what he did for his 80th birthday and we were just like, yes granddad. That's just mad. a cool guy. Yeah, um, were you nervous for him? Yeah, I was nervous. But he was so excited that he just couldn't, like... He just wanted to do it. Yeah, and there, there would never have been any talking him against it. He, he did what he wanted to do. But he was always up for anything as well. He was just a proper cool guy. And that was just, like, such a nice moment, really. Did you not fancy jumping out with him? I did what I do with it, and I can't remember, like, for what reason... That I didn't. I just think like I don't think we'd kind of had that discussion up until it was like a, probably a bit too late to, you know, like sort it out. Because I would have been up for it. I don't know if I'd do it now because the order I get, I think the most scared I get doing <laughs> stuff. Really? Would you not? It's not on the bucket list for you. It probably would be, but I think it. I'd have to like proper tart myself up to do it because I am a bit of a scaredy cat now. <laughs> I'm. Scared of flying. I don't. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't even like going on a plane. I do it. I go on holiday. It won't stop me from doing anything. But I do want to skydive at some point. It is on my list. I'd be shitting myself, but I do want to do it. When your granddad did it, you were watching it from the landing point. So yeah. You, you landed where you was. Yeah. What was it like when he landed? What was his reaction? He was just buzzing. And it was one of them where they'd like kind of recorded it as well so we ended up getting a video afterwards and then there's like pictures of him kind of posing and he he's just like looks like one of the, probably the happiest you know that I've seen him not like ever but one of the happiest and he just absolutely loved it and he would talk about it for ages afterwards and how like thrilling it was and tell me that I needed to do it and we would have to do it again at some point like together so yeah we just absolutely loved it so that made it even better really well there you go Becky that should, that should be your motivation to do it in future I know I will I, probably, I will I'll do it at some point but yeah I definitely need to get a bit more did you cry when you landed no I don't think I don't think I cried <laughs> I'm sure my mum probably did and my auntie <laughs> well that's impressive that it does make me want to do it and I'm scared of flying <clears throat> let's do it together yeah absolutely let's sign up it's one of them things you say when you've had a beer in it let's oh, do yeah. it let's do it let's skydive <laughs> proud moment number two working hard to get a good job despite flopping at college then getting promoted working with schools and helping people with job opportunities so is the job you do currently uh, no, it's not actually, uh, and I do miss it quite a lot in some ways. But I did it for I did it for a few years in the end because I've been been with that uh, organisation for quite a while. Um, but I did that for well, first of all, pretty well. Didn't completely fail college, but didn't do well. Um, I just kind of lost motivation, and I think I was at, I was a bit depressed really at one point in college, and and I think the stress of 
I did alright in my first year and then I suddenly kind of started to take a bit of a turn and I lost interest and um, just kind of started not going in and like taking the piss a bit and ended up coming out with like barely anything that's worth talking about in terms of grades and I just thought, oh shit, what am I going to do now everyone? Well, most people are kind of going to uni or at least know what they're going to do. I ended up getting an apprenticeship um, within kind of a few months of leaving college um, and then grafted for, for quite a bit, like, you know, nine to five, Monday to Friday type office job um, and then managed to kind of work my way up a bit. So just proper buzzing really and I look back now and I think I'm kind of glad that it happened almost because I haven't got like clothes of debt hanging over me or um, I still don't really know what I want to do but I'm happy doing what I'm doing for now. And, you know, I've always kind of had a job since since I was about 18 um, and, and, you know, earned a salary and it's just quite a good feeling given that I thought that I probably wasn't going to be able to do much after nearly failing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You yeah. said you were a little bit depressed going to college. Was that because you didn't know what you wanted to do or was that completely unrelated? I think it was a bit of that. It was a bit of just like feeling lost and I didn't... I enjoyed college at first and then I kind of lost interest and I think partly because it... With it being Loretto, it was like you had to get two buses there, two buses back. It was just effort and I really, I didn't have the best attitude. And I think because, again, probably going back to like when Minana died, albeit it was like a year or nearly two before, I think that was still having an impact on, on everything. Um, and yeah, so it just wasn't wasn't a nice time. But then I think I just kind of spiralled and gave up in terms of college. Did the bare minimum, which is not something to be proud of. But yeah, just it's not really worth talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> so then when did you get your promotion? How did that come about? Well, there was a few things. I've, I did a few jobs kind of after my apprenticeship within the same place. And sometimes... It's just a bit lucky being in the right place at the right time. Like, don't get me wrong, having kind of worked hard in, in like, a team, but other people had sort of left and there were opportunities for me to sort of step up a little bit and people said, go on then, we'll give you a go. Why don't you try doing this? And then I just kind of fell into certain things. So the stuff with the schools ended up running kind of work experience for all of the co-op schools that they've got. They've got like 20-odd schools that they kind of sponsor and give work experience and stuff to. And I looked after the programme in sort of Manchester, so would have like, you know, kids that came in and did work experience. I would find where they would work and sort of look after them and all that sort of stuff. And it was just nice. It's just a nice feeling for me to have like got a good job and then been able to like give them that experience. And then some of them did get jobs out of it themselves. So I was just like... Oh, it's then, it? Yeah, so you're thinking everything's going well, you know, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, then a guy goes missing on a train. I know. <laughs> so yeah, there were times, like, it was stressful. I love that job, and it was dead satisfying, because you had loads of, like, young people that you could potentially help, you know, at that age, get a good placement and, and you know, try and figure out what they want to do. But it was stressful and having that responsibility when I wasn't that young myself, uh, yeah, wasn't that old, sorry, myself, I was still like in my early 20s doing that. It was mad, but rewarding. Well, I was going to say the stress of it must be worth the reward of the satisfaction of finding someone work who they might feel like they're never going to get a job because exactly. people at that age, I remember when I finished school, I was, I went to a joinery course and I was 16 and I just didn't 
I went. I, I never had that. You know that big gap in between school and college. That time off. I never yeah. had that. I finished school in like May, and I went into this course in what comes after May, June, mm. and, um, <laughs> and I literally I, I did it for a month or two, and I hated it. And then I left that. I, I, I literally I, I was unemployed, sixteen year old with no work experience, no skills. I had a couple of GCSEs. And I was, I remember feeling myself at the time depressed, 16 year old, I had nothing to do, I was living at home with my mum and I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do at all. Could have done with your help, Becky, you could have got us a job. Yeah. But you were at Loretto, getting two buses. But So I can understand where these kids are coming from that feel like they can't get a job. So when you've helped them get a job, it's going to be rewarding that. Yeah, definitely. It was. It's a really good feeling, and I do miss. I miss that a lot sometimes because um, my job that I do now is a little bit different, but still, still good, still fun. It's just like a different kind of rewarding, and being able to like make a difference a little bit to kind of someone else is quite a nice feeling, isn't it? And why did you leave that job? I'd done it for quite a few years, and it wasn't like kind of changing in any way it was still enjoyable but it, it wasn't like challenging and it was still really stressful and and I just thought oh, I just need to do something a little bit different so to do that so what's the job you do now so oh god it's really hard to explain <laughs> I do I'm like a kind of engagement officer so I sort of work with people across the the sort of business but I look after a group of young people so it is still kind of related to like supporting young ones but they're like 16 to 25 year olds and they kind of work for a few hours a week it's almost like a part-time job that they've got but it's like not quite as formal Um, and then I, I sort of look after them um, so again, it's quite good. I enjoy it. Good. So you said you, you mentioned earlier though you still don't know what you want to do but you would you say you love your job now or you just like it, you're content with it? I love most parts of it. There's, I think it's hard to say over the past year, do you know what I mean? Because it's been quite stressful for everyone. Yeah, it? it's been different, hasn't it? Um, so I still like it, but yeah, it's. I sometimes love it, sometimes like it. It drifts between, but I'm really lucky. It's be better honest. that you don't hate it. Yeah. A lot of people definitely. hate their jobs. No, I'm really fortunate, I think, that most of my jobs sometimes... You know, the stress, you can think, oh God, I can't be doing this. But I've always enjoyed what I've done, thankfully. Yeah, you've never gone to bed on a Sunday night and thought, oh my God, I've got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. Never been one of those jobs, because no. I had those jobs. No, never really. And even when times I've been a bit tough, I've been really fortunate that all the people that I've worked with have made it worthwhile, even when, you know, you can't be asked doing certain things. You look forward to going in to kind of see people and get that aspect of it. I've always been really lucky in that respect so far. But they say you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So it sounds like, you know... That is true. And that is a quote I have said to many a student who's coming on work experience, yeah. Maybe I should get a job there. (laughs) Right, your happiest moment. You've got three, which is lovely to hear. Number one, Amsterdam in March 2020 with your sister, just before lockdown. So this was like the last one for freedom, really, wasn't it? Yeah. What made it so special? Well, partly because uh, Hannah hadn't been away, like, anywhere, let alone sort of abroad. She's not even been, like, on a, a little kind of holiday since, like, we were little kids. And so it was nice to kind of be able to take her somewhere. It was actually for our birthday that we went, so 
COVID was just like kicking off and all that, do you know what I mean? It was only just really starting to kind of seem a little bit serious and we weren't sure whether we should go or not, but we were like, oh, let's just go, it's for your birthday. So we went, there was me and her and both of our, our boyfriends, so there was like the four of us, went for a few days and just had like the best time, it was just mint, it was nice to take her away and she was dead happy. Obviously Amsterdam is just... It's just a quality place. I'd never been before. She'd never. She always wanted to go. So it was just lovely to be able to go and have, like, those nice few days. But then everywhere started shutting down. So it was, like, amazing and really happy. And then it was just cut short because we, like, turned on the news one afternoon and it was just, like, everyone, everywhere was going into sort of lockdown. So we weren't sure if we'd be able to get back. But I think our flight was, like, the day after everywhere started shutting um, so some places just shut completely. A lot of it did just like close. So how we could only we, do so much. How long were you over there for? We were only there for a few days. I think maybe four, five days. Right. Um, and it was shutting like on the fourth or fifth and, day. Yeah. yeah, on like the the virtually the kind of second to the last day, and we just but we didn't know if the airports were shutting or if it was just all the shops and the bars and you know what I mean, all those kind of places. So it was a bit gutted because we didn't get to properly enjoy the whole thing. But yeah, it was just it was just nice and it was just nice to go away with her. Do you use smoke? Like we do. Yeah. So did you do any edibles or mushrooms over there? No, we didn't. We didn't do anything like that. No, I don't think our Hannah would. I don't. I don't think she would. Um, and I've always I would want to kind of look after her because she's my little sister. Do you know what I mean? So, but we smoked and that, like as you do when you're over there, you've got a party. Yeah, like, it's yeah. part of it, isn't it? Yeah, we'd be rude not to. Did you visit Anne Frank's house? No, no, we didn't. Uh, to be honest, I probably would have done, but. I don't think it was kind of up to her to decide where we went and what we did and and it was actually her birthday over that kind of period of time that we were there on one of the days because we went to the zoo for a, a bit of it because that's what she wanted to do bless her but even some of that had started to close they didn't have I don't I can't remember which bits but there were certain animals you know like the enclosed bits that weren't open obviously because of I suppose everyone was just worried about everything at that time. No one knew what, yeah. how bad it was or anything, did they? No. But the reason I asked you about Anne Frank's is because when we went to Amsterdam, we couldn't find Anne Frank's house. Mm. So we never went, which is quite ironic, really, when you think about it. But I do love Amsterdam. It's one of my favourite places I've been to. It's just a chill, isn't it? Yeah. It's my kind of place and people. Would you go back? Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, I was, I was saying it to her the other day, to be honest, to my sister. We need to go back and like do it properly and make up for it. Yeah, the good thing is, Amsterdam is like 40 minutes on a flight. You can literally get on and go for the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you can decide there and then, you know, just go. Happiest moment number two was when you went to New York around Christmas with Liam. So, was this at the end of 2019, just before Amsterdam? This was, no, this was about, I think that was 2018 when we went to New York. But yeah, it was just... We went, I think that was like five days. We kind of went a bit last minute, so we didn't have a lot of time to kind of prepare. We saw some cheap flights and thought that's too good to pass up. He he kind of talked me into it because I was, I was a bit like, I haven't got enough money. Do you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. Really glad that he did talk me into it because we had like the best time. But I was just like a little kid because I'd never been to New York. I'd never been to America. That was probably, that was like the longest like flight and kind of place that I'd been. Do you know what I mean? Like the furthest. And obviously it's such an iconic place because it's in 
loads of films and TV and I was just like recognizing everything going oh my god oh my god this is this and I was literally like a little kid but we did loads of good stuff as well while we were there and like made the most of it so it was just really good yeah I've never known anyone go to New York and say oh shit exactly they've all loved it yeah and it was at Christmas as well so it's even magical better. yeah it, I wish it had a snowed I think it snowed for like five ten minutes on one day and that was it but if it had a like proper snowed and you know like been proper white when you see it I think I would have cried <laughs> I honestly do it was just proper good and it just felt like a little kid really it was just dead nice and we did cool stuff we went to like the ice hockey we went and watched do you know the daily show it's like a kind of daily like sort of news like satire type thing that's like you know current events all that sort of stuff that's on every day in america we went to watch that and but sat in the live audience and they have like live guests on you know like celebrities and they talk to them about you know all sorts of stuff so when we went j-lo was there and meek mill and we were sat literally like a bit further than me and you are now but not that much further from like, j-lo from them yeah wow. and I was just like oh my She's so beautiful. <laughs> For 50, she looks good, doesn't she? so surreal. But, um, yeah, really good. So just, yeah, dead happy. We did loads of good stuff and it was good. Did you spend Christmas Day there? No. So it was kind of in the run-up to Christmas. It wasn't, like, actually over, you know, like, Christmas time. The actual, like, little, you know, bit. Yeah. How long did you go for? Um, it was five, five days in the end. So we got really cheap flights, like I say. And then stayed in an apartment, like, in the middle of, like, the city. I think it was in Greenwich Village. Again, that was quite cheap. So I booked it all individually. But, yeah, it wasn't, didn't really cost us that much. So it was obviously, like, money when you're there spending. But it was only, the flights were only a couple of hundred. Would you rather live in New York or Amsterdam? Amsterdam, definitely. New York was good as a place to go for a short period of time. But it's too busy for me. It's too many people. Can't be doing with that. Amsterdam's just chill, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, there's still people and there's fucking pure bikes, isn't there? you got to <laughs> yeah. watch out for them. <laughs> yeah. There's loads of bikes. But, yeah, I, I don't like loads of people and it's dead busy all the time. I need to I need to chill. Did you know at the time that this was one of your happiest moments when you were there? Was it just you and your boyfriend? It was. It was just us, yeah. Probably not. No. So was it till after you got back when you when you reflected and thought, you know what that was meant? Yeah, definitely. And even like looking back at kind of photos and stuff like that, I do sometimes and just think like, oh, it was good, wasn't it? And was that the same with Amsterdam? Yeah, I mean that that was yeah. To be honest, it was it was it both the same thing. I probably look back more on pictures from New York. We didn't take much in Amsterdam because we don't need to be photographed. <laughs> 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 We've got some, but not not loads. Well, your happiest moment number three was the Cortina's gig in 2013. Then all you said was, what a fucking day. <laughs> it was. Are Cortina's your favourite band? No, they're probably one off, And, you know, they might not be the biggest or, like, the most kind of popular. But every time I've ever seen them, which is a lot of times, it's just such a good gig. It's always... It's always an experience, but that one in particular was just class. I mean, like, at Castle, it was at Castlefield Bowl, and that, like, has a venue. I don't know if you've ever kind of seen gigs there. It was just amazing. It was gorgeous sunset, sunshine. It was a beautiful day. Um, 
like you know when you pop her up for it and everyone there was like quite a big group of us obviously like drinking and everything um befriended some guy that was like covered in toilet roll and just were, like wouldn't leave us alone for the rest of the day um, <laughs> and pictures with this <laughs> random guy wrecked out of his head just covered in toilet roll some like guy that was kind of in his 40s 50s a lot older than us because obviously it was back then um, but yeah, it was just a class day. It's and there's still a lot older than us now. Well, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it just feels it old, really, so. Um But yeah, no, it was just dead good. And there's a picture of me. Um, we ended up bumping into some of our mates from work. And before I even kind of chan- got chance, I distinctly remember like the song and kind of what happened. Before we even had chance to kind of say hi, to her, he ran up to me and picked me up, put me on his shoulders for like two songs and one of my other mates like snapped a picture of it and I just look happy like I've, I've probably not seen myself looking that happy ever since really not truly you know like in the moment when it's just pure joy and you're loving life yeah you're not thinking about anything um, else no so that that always stood out to me as well yeah so it's just everything about the day did you go for a drink before and yeah we got on it before and throughout the day because it was kind of like one of them that starts in I don't know, like four, like in the afternoon and then throughout the night and then it was kind of, I think it was Clint Boone who did the after party at South, if you've been South before. Yes. Yeah. Is that guy that does XS Manchester? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think that's why he used to do XFM. I don't know does what, XS he might now. do that now, yeah. Um, from Inspiral Carpets. Um, that's him. But yeah, it was just class, the, the whole day, the whole night. Um, was an absolute state by the end of it, but it was good. <laughs> Do you remember the whole set, or were you just off your head, or pissed, or both? I remember most of the set. Um, I don't really remember the support act. I remember most of the set. I remember, like, like I say, that moment and kind of like the song that was covered in when my mate just grabbed me and picked me up, and I. Just, I didn't know what was going on for a minute. <laughs> it was just, and then it was just good. Yeah, I just loved it. And then, like I say, I think it's just those moments, just like being at a gig and the sun shining, and obviously you've had all sorts. Yeah. Um, and you're just loving life. It's Define just all sorts, thank you. <laughs> Licorice, all sorts. <laughs> They're my favourite. <laughs> Is that the best gig you've ever been to? Um, no, I'd say it's probably up there. Um, I, there's there's a few gigs for different reasons, really. A lot of which are generally at Heaton Park, to be fair. That is usually at, like St- Stone Roses, for instance, because that was kind of one of the one of the key ones that stood out when they did like the comeback tour. I think it was like 2012 or something. And I, I just started my job, but there was loads of people from work going, and I remember being a bit scared, thinking, oh, shit, what if I run into someone from work and I'm absolutely fucking mangled? <laughs> you know what I mean? What am I going to do? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but no, I was all right. And I was I was all right, um, just because I was young. But that was that was a good gig. But I also remember as well, went to see the Chili Peppers with George, Danny Shannon, might have been Joe Britch and Danny Bluer. I think it might have been all of them, or it might have been just a few of them. Yeah. And we went to watch Chili Peppers. We must have been in college still. It might—I don't know if it was first or second year. And that was good. That was quality because I just remember I thought it was mint back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Just do what you want. Or oh, my couple of years of college where I just, you know, just thought I was the coolest and I could do whatever I wanted. So that—that that was a really good gig. Although that was fucking years ago. 
But no, every gig pretty much I enjoy. Well, hopefully it won't be too long now till everything gets back to normal. We can get get to some more. Hopefully. Well, that's it, Becky. Huh? Appreciate you coming on. Nice one. Before you go, though, do you have any wise words? Um, I think for me, I would say love yourself a little bit more every day. I know it's hard, but I think you just got to like yourself and then hopefully you'll enjoy life and get on. Nice one. Cheers, Becca. No worries. <laughs>